G'day all, welcome to this episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. This is episode 233 and today I have a very awesome guest for you, Becky Orpen, who is an Australian artist. She's a commercial artist, she's an illustrator, she's an author, she puts on gallery shows, she runs workshops. In short, she does a whole bunch of creative artistic things and has throughout her whole career. And in this episode, we go through her career, why she loves being a commercial artist and why she chose to go down that route. And uh, we talk about how she balances all of her work because she works really hard with the rest of her life. Uh, Her husband's also self-employed and uh, they've got a couple of kids. So we're going to talk about how all of that works in today's episode. And it was a real honor to have her on the show. I actually met her just recently at uh, the Brisdale uh, Creative Conference that was on in early March. Uh, just before all the COVID-19 stuff hit. And uh, I was happy that she said yes to come on the show and share her story. So I hope you enjoy it today. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I am here today with Becky Orpen. Becky, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> now, it's awesome to have you here. I saw you recently at um, the Brisdale Conference in Brisbane before we all had to self-isolate from each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the last weekend of freedom, I think. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, and I loved your story, so I'm, uh, I really wanted to have you come on the show and share it. So thank you for doing that today. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, for those listeners who don't know who you are, can you just give us a little kind of quick history of uh, <laughs> you, man your, your history is so interesting and so um long long but I'm sure we'll we'll get into it but yeah. give it gives yeah. the highlights of, of yeah, yeah. what you do and um, who you are. so I am I never know quite how to describe what I do I say my work fits somewhere in between illustration craft and design um and I have a studio which I run in Melbourne and I've been doing that for about 24 years um but yeah I think most of my bread and butter is kind of commercial illustration but then I do a lot of other things as well yeah love it yeah and and you do have such a broad variety of work that you do like you do gallery shows you do big kind of workshops you do commercial work advertising work um now let's I don't have a lot of people on the show who have this career trajectory right it's so interesting most of my guests are like independent makers or you yep. know, independent artists. So I, I, I kind of want to talk, let's talk about how you decided or how it happened, happened that you ended up starting working in corporate, in kind of the corporate advertising art world. Um, I guess there's quite a bit before that happened because yep. that would probably be the last, I don't know, like 10, 15 years of my career and there was 10 years before that. So, I mean... Do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, so I guess initially I studied textile design at RMIT, which was a really good course, and I'd kind of like dropped out of a course and didn't do that great at sort of high school and stuff and sort of was looking for a course when I found RMIT textile design, which was great because I knew I was interested in design, but I wasn't kind of um, technical enough for graphic design or straight enough. And I was really interested in drawing, but I didn't wasn't interested in fine art. 
Mm -hmm. So I was kind of textile design kind of took those two things and, and it had a lot of drawing and it still taught design. Um, but there's a lot of handmade things too, which I was really good at. So I studied textile design and I was very, um, I really loved it. It was the first thing I found that I was really good at. And um, then when I graduated, I kind of accidentally fell into freelance work um, by, you know, I knew I didn't quite fit working in a studio, which is what you usually go on to do from technical mm -hmm. design, especially back then. Um, you go to work in homewares or in fashion. Um, so I started working for a company called Factory X, which owns you know, Gorman and Dangerfield and a whole lot of labels. Didn't own Gorman then. So then, long story short, but I started to do a lot of work in the fashion field and um, 10 years down the track, my work was all quite fashion based. And then I kind of made a bit more of a shift into illustration. Mm -hmm. um, and I became part of a, an agency called Jackie Winter, which is um, an illustration agency based here in Melbourne. They have offices in New York too. And they kind of got me access to this commercial illustration work, um, which is, I guess, designing for, you know, big kind of online, big campaigns. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. But it's like if you see something on the side of a bus or a tram or on a billboard that's illustrated, um, then that's the type of work that Jackie Winter can get me. But not all of it. It's that that kind of mm -hmm. scale. a lot of it is, is small scale too so yeah that, that's how I ended up there two questions one how do you get an an agent like that like did they approach you did you approach them like what's um, the process there well I will uh, first thing I'll say is having an agent isn't a golden ticket like it does sound mm -hmm. really impressive to actually be like I've got an agent um and not all of my work does run through them so it isn't right. it is it something that doesn't work for everybody and um you know, although they get me access to these jobs, there's lots of people who still get access to those jobs without having an agent. But, I mean, they've been so good for me. How it actually did happen was I was approached by another agency um, that was run by a woman called Rebecca Welkenstein. She was great and she, and that was probably about, I don't know, a little while ago. And she said, I'm starting an agency and it's just going, I just want it to be you and Jonathan Zawada, who's another sort of illustrator but has now gone on to be a really incredible sort of digital artist mm -hmm. and then her husband who was a commercial photographer and then a few other photographers so it was this kind of mix of photographers and agents uh, photographers and illustrators and so she was a, for my first agent and she was great and got me a few jobs and then um and then she kind of went oh it's really hard to have an agency that's both illustration and photography and be just one person so she sort of said um started talking to Jackie Winter and then I became part of Jackie Winter so she sort of all of her then illustrators became part of Jackie Winter right and so that's how I ended up with Jackie Winter by default <laughs> right yeah kind of yeah. segued into there yeah, and yeah. can you give us some examples of some of the bigger campaigns you've worked on in the last decade or so last bit <clears throat> probably the most recent one was I did a big um, I guess it was like an activation for Stella Atois. Mm -hmm. That was at um, the Australian Open. Um, and that involved, the first part of that was I designed a billboard that was painted in, in various spots around Melbourne um, for Stella Atois, which was like a precursor to the uh, their partnership with the Australian Open. Mm -hmm. um, and then the activation was... Um, 
Stella Otoy had a bar in the Australian Open and um, they got four artists to represent each representing a Grand Slam country. So I was representing Australia. Mm -hmm. There was a French illustrator, an English illustrator and an American illustrator. Um, and we all worked four days each. And we, in that time, we had to um, produce, we had three hours a day to produce an artwork based on... Um, based on that day at the Australian Open. And then right. with, after those three hours, that artwork was then printed out and given out to the crowd as opposed wow. to... I know. So that was a completely <laughs> wild... Talk about pressure. ...example of, of what... And you're in this, like, specifically built kind of glass box with all these people watching over you. So it was pretty <laughs> hilarious. So that's a very, you know, interesting, interesting example. Um... A little a while ago, I did a campaign for an energy company, and that was mm -hmm. like um, Simply Energy was the company, and um, that was like the campaign that was all about things being bad but not that bad. So it was also it was about like you have to pay a bill, but we're going to make it not that bad. So it was all these <laughs> right. quite funny, and they ended up like everywhere. They were like everywhere. So that was a funny thing. Um, where I was just like on the sides of trams and on billboards and mm -hmm. something. So that was a big one. But I do lots and lots of small ones, you know. Mm -hmm. Those big ones might only happen like once a year or once every 18 months or, you know, they, they don't come along that often. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so it's all the small ones which really keep me going. Yeah. And you kind of have a balance uh, between, well, this is one of the things I love about your work is that um, you're a great example of someone who has like lots of stuff going on. And yeah. I would from a business perspective, I'd say multiple streams of income because you have lots uh -huh. of different types of artwork happening and projects happening at the same time, it seems. Yes, I definitely have um, a lot of things I do. I always say that illustration is my bread and butter though because I guess that's the most commercial part of my of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, so I do illustration but then a lot of the jobs I have, like some of them are more like art direction, like I did just art direct two campaigns for Uniglo, which was pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. and you would never see that and think of it as my work. And there's no <laughs> illustration involved. It's nothing. It was just basically pure organisation and a little bit of concept work. Um, I do that. But then, you know, I've written some books. So I've done some books. And then, yes, I do like to have exhibitions and I like to have... I just like to do all kinds of things. I feel like that's that's it's the busyness, but it's also the variation is what mm. keeps me kind of inspired and keep me go keeps me going, um, and also just pushing myself to see if I can do things. Yeah. Do you feel like a bit bored or constrained if you're kind of stuck doing one type of work for too long? Um, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I always push myself. Like if I am doing lots of commercial work, then you know, I get offered lots to be in lots of group shows and stuff, then I'll always say yes to those group shows because I feel like that's when I can experiment and that's when I can mm. go back to painting or that's when I can go back to all that. So I, because of the nature of my work, I don't feel like I do get bored that often, and luckily. Yes. <laughs> I definitely try and take opportunities to push myself out if I'm feeling bored, even if it's going to kill, not kill me, but, you know, I have to do, <laughs> have to do that work on after hours or, you know. <laughs> yeah. Aside, you know, not nine to five. So, what do you feel about? Because there's this kind of perception in some of the art and craft world that, you know, if you're 
you've got to make exactly what you want to make and be true to yourself. And uh, if you, you're a sellout, if you like um, get commercial work and want to make some money, what's your perspective on that whole shebang? Um, I don't, um, my take on that is uh, I always wanted to be a commercial artist. I'd much okay. rather be commercial than I would be um, non-commercial. I would, mm-hmm. I, I always, um, I really love working for clients and I really love, um, you know, making work that other people like and that is useful for other people. Mm. Um, and, and if you can make money off it, unreal. And I never, I don't, I feel like as long as I'm supporting myself with a whole lot of other work, which is, which is my work, that's not commercial and that I'm still producing fresh ideas all the time, that, that it's fine to do those commercial work and get, get paid for it. And I'd never... I can understand why people say it's a sellout, but I just say that's that's what I do, and that's why I would never promote myself as an artist. Right. Okay. I'm a designer or an illustrator because I love making work for other people. I don't necessarily. I do make work for myself as well, but mm-hmm. you know, that's what I get paid to do is is work to briefs and and work to all those kind of things. And in the commercial context, to my work is is something I really enjoy and I really have always enjoyed you know so that's yeah i think that's really interesting this like i often think about this difference between art and design as like design is something practical and useful like Absolutely. you're 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 giving like um yeah you're giving like meaning to something and, and beauty to something that would exist anyway and also um, that that can actually get used do you know what yes I mean? yeah can actually get used which which is something i really do i really love that's what I like about design, that it's so pragmatic and that it is so usable and it's really accessible and I really like mm. everything I do. And I guess that comes back to why I like the commercial side of what I do so much is because I do want my work to be accessible to a lot of people. I, you know, it's kind of wouldn't be ideal to me to have um, my work just on a gallery wall and nobody, you can interact with it in a certain way, but that's not, and I appreciate people who do that and I love there's so many artists that I love but that's not what I want for my work I want people to absolutely be able to look at it in shopping centers or (laughs) look at it like you know it's not it's that's that stuff I think I really like the accessibility of it yeah I think that's fantastic Mm. so you've had a, a very varied career you've worked in a lot of different industries with a lot of different people um what have been some of the challenges that have the big challenges that you've faced in your career up to this point um challenges definitely the business side is really can be really hard and you know often creative i don't want to generalize but gen but generally <laughs> creative people um it's really easy for them not to be business minded and, and that's definitely something that I've faced a challenge of is, is actually turning and because you know I really love what I do then you just feel like sometimes you shouldn't get paid to do it because you just love mm. it. and that's really like so actually sort of um having that kind of imposter syndrome of like you know this sort of overcoming that and then actually um defining what you do as measurable and as something that's valued was really um a big thing for me to learn and there's yeah. times when I'm like, oh, I still don't feel like I should get paid for this job or, I'll, you know, I'll do it for free or um, so that was that's definitely a big, big curve. Um, I've definitely been a lot of the industries I've been in, not so much now, 
um, but especially earlier on have been quite male dominated and mm-hmm. I've only had peers who I've worked like literally shared a studio with and we've had the same client like working on similar things together and we've gone in together to do presentations and I know that I've put in so much work and that other you know the guy hadn't put in as much work and I just bowed down to him and I just didn't get that at all right so sort of having sort of get past stuff like that um it's that's not a huge thing but definitely something um that was annoying yeah I can imagine Um, (laughs) yeah I think definitely that and just I guess you have to have a certain degree of resilience mm. of not letting things, if you get rejected for a job or if things don't go the way you planned, like you just kind of have to move on. That's definitely something you have to learn. Yeah. yeah. I know you mentioned at the conference you're working on a mental health initiative. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's, I love this as an example of something that, what made me think of it is when you're saying, oh, doing work, I feel like I should be paid for. You could be almost like, oh, I feel like it's a public service almost to do right. this, but then it's my job at the same time. And um, But also that's a really great example of how art and design can be used for good. Yes, and definitely that was something. Um, I think there was like one year, maybe it was two years ago or three years ago, there was like design week here in Melbourne and I had to give, I was in, weirdly involved in like asked to do like three things as part of the design week, like three talks or panels mm-hmm. or whatever. and all of them were based on happiness. So I had to write a whole <laughs> lot of stuff about what made me happy. And that's when I kind of came to this conclusion that I really loved what I do and I felt really, um, you know, grateful to get to do what I do. But what actually made me happy was the sharing of ideas and actually being able to contribute to society in some way Mm. for what I do and so and it's really easy when you do what I do which is essentially sell like help people sell things or make things look pretty so it can be very surface value or seem as very commercial and that of course that side of it I'm more than happy to do but it doesn't always sit well with me Mm. but then I was like oh what, what actually makes me happy is being able to like do things that do contribute to society, even if they are just pretty pictures or, <laughs> you know, um, teaching or using my contact contacts that I have to help other people. So that was, and then I started working. So that was already established, I guess, that I was like, well, that's, that is what make me, makes me happy about my mm. job, apart from just getting to draw all the time, <laughs> which is pretty great. <laughs> but, um, what, and so then I started working for Smiling Mind and then we, yeah, and I loved working for them and I kind of learned a lot about mindfulness because I was illustrating a whole lot of concepts based around mindfulness. Mm. But it really gave me an understanding. And, and then I was like, what the, you know, I've got this career which is actually really mindful and that's perhaps that's so good for me. So this is this new initiative that we're building with Smiling, that I'm now building with Smiling Mind is, is sort of taking that to the next level, which is trying to promote creativity and mental health in a youth kind of audience mm. and although I have designed a whole lot of things for that like the you know art direction and how it looks and stuff but it's also about using a whole lot of skills so using you know marketing ideas and using my contacts and putting together a sort of a team of like young cool people who kind of promote it and um, so yeah that's that's kind of like a weird thing that's kind of yeah, which is a weird. It's totally outside my comfort zone as well. <laughs> do you, do you mm. find yourself seeking that sort of workout, the stuff that is outside uh, your comfort zone? Yeah, I definitely say yes to things that I don't necessarily know if I could do or not. Right. 
that that can be a good and bad thing. Um, and I think it's really important to work outside your comfort zone. Mm. Um, I think it really can learn so much about yourself and what, what you are good at and what you like and what you don't like, which is really important too. So um, I think learning, yeah, it is really important. I've always said there's definitely been jobs. I remember, um, I, don't, I don't know if you know Justine Clark. She's a children's entertainer and she's mm-hmm. on, she's on um, Play School and... Um, <laughs> I did a few jobs for her and it went really well. And then um, and then her manager said to me, oh, we want you to do, to do what did she say? Oh, we want you to design. We've got a new video coming, a DVD coming out with 15 new songs and we want you to design, art direct and make all the props for 15 video clips. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, okay. And then I was like, I've never done any of those things before. <laughs> But I said yes and um, it was really good, you know, and it worked out fine. I had to do like the wardrobe, I did all the props, we did all the art direction, like did all the scripts for all the animations, did all the illustrations for all the animations, we did everything, you know. So um, that was a classic example of me saying yes to something that I didn't have any idea how to do. I was like, I think I can do it. I'm pretty sure I can do it. And And then I did it and then it worked out. So, yeah. Do you want to learn how to sell more online? I have a free video workshop just for you. It's called the 10 essential keys to successfully sell handmade products online. And it'll take you through the absolute key factors that will help you to unlock the door of successful online selling to get access to it right now for free. Head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash 10. That's createandthrive.com forward slash one zero. I think that's a great example of like the everything is figure outable mantra that you just you know you have the you have the confidence in your ability to work stuff out. Yes. Um, do you think that's a really important skill to cultivate for creatives? Yes, I think it's all about problem solving, and I think definitely a big part of my job. It, essentially, my job is problem solving. Like it mm-hmm. is um, working out what the client wants and being able to. Um, and being able to, sorry. It's all good. <laughs> being able to, um, you know, deliver that for a client and, you know, work out all that things. So it's it's all problem solving. So that's, that's essentially a big part of what I like about my job too. Yeah, it's the problem solving element. Um, are you familiar with the concept of flow in yeah. work? Yeah. yeah. Do you, is that something that you uh, find yourself experiencing on a regular basis as part of your yeah. work? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and that's that's when I'm in the best, my best, doing my best work mm-hmm. is when I'm in that um, that that flow state, and definitely I can um, can see. Yeah, I know, I know what that feeling is, and that's that's all about the mindfulness training and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have any like routines or rituals or habits or systems in your life that sort of help you get into that state or that, you know, just kind of keep your your life rolling along nicely? Well, I did until I had to start working from home. Um, <laughs> the pandemic has messed with us all. <laughs> completely distracted with, you know, COVID-19 stress and <laughs> and everything. But um, when I was in my studio living a normal life, um, yes, I definitely have a routine, you know, I've got, kids who go to school at a certain time so I definitely start 
was starting work at a certain time every day and um, lists are a huge part of my thing. Lists mm-hmm. are like weekly, monthly, daily lists. Um, whether or not I actually stick to them is a whole other thing, but <laughs> definitely um, writing lists and, and definitely having certain things like start off the day with emails. Um, yeah, and work on, have chunks of work, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. It doesn't always work like that too. Like, hmm. you know, the nature of my work is that sometimes I'll get a job in and I'll be like, you have to do this job in three days. So then everything will go out the window of, of that list that I've written, you know. So, but definitely those things and um, minimal distractions. I need, I have a lot of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I can't even have music. Like, I really, really need to concentrate really hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just knowing how you work best. And how to get yourself into the right mindset to do your best work. Absolutely, yeah. I've definitely got a few playlists um, mm-hmm. and listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely, yes, I know all the things that I need to have around me to, to get into that state and to achieve a lot of work. And I also need deadlines. Deadlines are incredible. Right. I always say to clients, please set me deadlines because there's just no way I'll get it done without them. Mm-hmm. So that external kind of motivation and pressure yes, really absolutely. switches you on really and gets you going. Yep, absolutely. And I think it's really important for people to be aware of that. Like those of you who are, you know, self-employed, you're, you're maybe running a, a illustration or design or art business and when you don't have any external pressure, you know, it's just all up to you. Uh, I think yeah, a lot of people can find that very challenging. Really challenging. And I think that even when I have exhibitions, obviously you do have a final deadline because um, because you've got this exhibition coming up. But I send myself, set myself intermediate deadlines, you mm-hmm. know, to meet, to have a certain amount of done work done or the concept work done and stuff. Because yeah, my life relies on deadlines now. I can't <laughs> if, if I have an open-ended project, it just doesn't get done. So you can set yourself deadlines. And especially if you're trying to sell something or, you know, your deadline can be the market or your deadline mm-hmm. can be the, you know, whatever you've got coming up. So yeah, I just can't get anything done without it. Hmm. So what's worked best for you to kind of grow your profile and get your, your name out there in the industry? Has it been sort of word of mouth who you know or has it been deliberate marketing activity or what's what's kind mm. of been your way of working there? I definitely say like everything has been organic and, you know, um, you know, I came from pre-internet when mm-hmm. I, I um, first graduated and everything. It was just... Um, there was no internet. It was just going to be definitely no Instagram. <laughs> but you think think the main thing that I always say about that time then, I was just really involved in lots of things. Like I was mm. volunteering in galleries. I was just I was doing just so many things um, where I met lots of people, and I feel like that gave me a lot of opportunities. And if I look back at it now, it's like was that networking? But I hate that word, and I would never. <laughs> It was never conscious. Was never conscious. I was just like doing a bunch of things that I was interested in. Some of them were going yeah. to nightclubs and some of them were like just doing all these things, you know. <laughs> but I guess in, in all those things I met like-minded people who were interested in simple, similar things to me and, and that kind of led to either work or they knew somebody else who needed work mm. or, you know. So um, I guess that was – I never – I never – when I used to – go overseas when I was younger and you know we used to go on these trips that was just like around the world trips to 
hang with friends and stuff. And then mm. I used to take some of my work to show because I didn't have a website then. And that would be the extent of the marketing, I would mm-hmm. say. I, I would say that would that would be the extent of and, and making lots of work. Yeah. <laughs> making a lot of work would definitely with my marketing, but I never had a, a strategy or a plan or you know, there's definitely people I wanted to work for and, and I would go after those people, but but often it wasn't the right time. Right. For me to work with those people or for that thing to happen. So that's definitely something I've learnt to trust as well. Like I definitely always wanted to illustrate children's books, like before I even studied or before anything, that's what I wanted to do. And I tried to do that multiple times and it never worked. But then, you know, out of the blue one day, Penguin approached me and said, we'd want you to do a book. And so then it was like, okay, well now it's time for me to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a big thing is timing and, and intuition. Yeah. And has that changed over the years or is it still that sort of similar organic process, but just more of it is now online rather than offline? Yeah, it's definitely a similar process. I definitely still do self-motivated work, I guess, which has a, it doesn't have an intention as in, as in like I'm doing this work so I can get this client. It's like I'm doing this work so I can, this is work that I want to do and maybe that'll have a commercial context and maybe it just shows a different aspect to my work. Um, so definitely, yeah, I don't really have a strategy. I mean, Instagram is really great for me. It's, you know, the best platform for my work and social media and um, definitely is a big part of my work now which I like and hate Um, but it's yeah I mean I still don't try and pay much attention to what I put up there do you know what I mean like I'm never like I have to schedule this post for this day and I have to put this on and I have to you know it's still I still make it as organic as possible there's definitely work where I'm like okay I've got to put this up but I'm never like I've never built a schedule I've never been like unless I you know now a lot of my I do promotions with, you know, I did a campaign with Kiki K that before Christmas, mm-hmm. so that was all scheduled. So I knew I had to do that. Um, but, but as far as it, when it actually comes to me posting, there's sometimes I haven't posted for two weeks and be like, Oh my God, I probably should post something. <laughs> so yeah, pretty, I don't plan too much. You went kind of accidentally viral with a post not too long ago on Instagram, didn't you? So I've had a few weirdly viral posts <laughs> and they have been all just things that I've done quite quickly and I guess it was really good timing mm-hmm. one of them was post-election and I did a whole lot of I did I guess a graphic about things I was frustrated after the last election the federal election and I just kind of said oh that's I was talking to my partner Raf and he said oh you know even if you doesn't matter who's in power there's still things that you can do as an individual and so I sort of did a post and a graphic about those things which I think it got yeah 13,000 likes or I don't know it had lots of shares and likes a lot and then it got turned into a book and then it got turned into a jigsaw puzzle so that was good. <laughs> and, I had, and then I had a few and then I've had a few others and it's always been things that I've made from the heart but not mm. the intention of it's not for the intention of it being shared or just because I'm like oh this is the way that I can express myself right now mm. and, and this Instagram is a good platform yeah absolutely so Do you have like, um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Do you have an idea or a plan of where you want your career to go or things that you haven't done yet that you really want to do? I don't, I always get really overwhelmed by this question. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know. I mean, 
there's definitely things that I would like to do, but I don't, sometimes I don't really know what they are until the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, (laughs) right. Hey, this is something that I really want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, how do you know unless you're not aware of it that it's a thing that it's possible potentially? Yeah, exactly. I feel like. Like directing music videos for children, like yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and there's and sometimes you have opportunities that come up, and and you think it's going to go ahead, and then it doesn't, and that that dream dream opportunity is now gone. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I guess I try not to have too many like hopes and dreams because it seems to work better when I don't, mm-hmm. and I definitely just seems to work with my work, the work that I produce intuitively seems to lead to certain things you know i'm doing a lot of great work with i guess sort of not-for-profit kind of organizations or or sort of Mm. government organizations now and i feel like that's all come off this kind of heartfelt work that i did and and that that feels really good and that's not something that i would ever have thought that i would be doing um but i'm like this is this feels like the right place for my work to be right now do you know what i mean so yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not really sure but it's there's always stuff that you want to do, but mm. I'm not really, especially the state of the world at the moment. I don't yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was really going to have any money for anything. Anyway. Yeah. Well, there is that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. It's a strange time. I was recording another, my other podcast, The Business I'm Making Today, we were recording an episode about all of this. And, you know, we really just were talking about our own experience. But one thing that we kind of came to was like throw out throw the plans and the expectations out the window right now and just focus on the day that you're living yeah because that's all we really can really do right now it's so true it's and i'm usually pretty good at that but then i think everyone does still have a moment where they're like oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah i had one of those this evening so yeah yeah i think we've all had one and if we haven't haven't yet it's probably coming for you yeah so um just kind of realizing the gravity of the situation and the impact it might have especially on creative industries and arts and business small business yeah Yeah. hospitality of course because your husband works in hospitality yeah yeah so Mm. it's a it's an interesting time it is um so to get back to the positives yes um do you have some kind of key advice for potential, for, for other makers or creatives, like a key piece of advice to help them on their journey? Um, I have much advice. Excellent. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's have all the advice. <laughs> I mean, it just depends. I mean, it depends what stage you're at, what stage of the, your career that there's definitely things that I, I kind of live by and kind of come back to. and. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, one of the ones are definitely the big ones is, is like running your own race and not comparing yourself to others. Like mm. that's one, it can be a lot of wasted negative energy. Yeah, um, putting putting those those emotions into somebody else or into into negativity rather than putting what you could be putting them into your own those those that energy and those emotions. You could be putting them into your own business or your own ideas. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, um, I'm definitely a very positive person in general and I just definitely find that if you're positive and supportive about other people's work, especially people who are around you who are, you know, maybe your peers, then that's always more beneficial in my experience and more beneficial to your work than it is to be negative and jealous and stuff. So Mm. definitely, you know, 
be supportive of others and just concentrate on what you're doing don't put that energy into what somebody else is doing it's a big, mm-hmm. big one um what else I just just do all the things just be involved <laughs> you know I think you know one of my there's that, that saying just just show up you know yeah. all those things is just just be involved and and be out there and and be doing finding finding the people that you can work with of course everybody's got their own kind of tribe i guess but but definitely be involved in lots of things so you can find that tribe and i think that having a peer peer group is a really big thing and a support network and yeah and and can lead to other work and can lead to a whole lot of things so making those connections mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think especially now more than ever before really yes. kind of tapping into those communities and, and networks of of people who can, you can support and who can support you is really valuable absolutely absolutely yeah definitely seeing that now for sure uh did you happen to bring along a quote that inspires or motivates you tonight um, i didn't i'm really bad at um <laughs> some people are quotes people and some people aren't and that's yeah, okay i'm just not i do have like a thousand saved on my phone but they're always like <laughs> they're always appropriate to certain situations you know what i mean like they're never like this is the quote that i run my life with yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i might uh i'm gonna have a look again and um if i find something then i will send it to you and okay maybe you can include it on well i think i think you gave us one just before which is show up i think that's a great one yeah yeah just show up that's that's such a that's such a big one yeah because you mm. know sometimes you just can't be bothered or you're just like oh it's just like but generally you know it's good to to do those things and yeah. persevere and just make yeah. make yourself visible over and over again because that's how you're likely yeah. to you know be yeah. remembered and visible with with work as well with your work as well you mm-hmm. know keep, keep making it work what do you say to people who are kind of shy or worried about yeah. sharing their work or hesitant to put their work online because they're worried about you know, yeah yeah it's really sort of scary stuff. like there's no two ways about it like it's really scary putting yourself out there but I guess I always run through the what's the worst case scenario like mm-hmm. if I'm worried about putting something up what's the worst case and especially I've definitely cop stuff before when it's like I've done really work for really like I did a campaign for office works or I did a campaign for um you know people thinking I'm just going to be like oh man people are really going to think I'm a sellout but then you know I kind of work through stuff with you know friends and just be like what's the worst case scenario and and why did you do this you know so it is really scary i often go through what the worst case scenario is and break that down so then it work out perhaps it's not that bad um and the more you do it the more you put yourself out there the easier it becomes the less scary it becomes so you know you just have to start um and recognize that it's scary and that's fine but you know you're not going to get anywhere if you don't do it What's going to happen? You know, more is going to happen. Nothing's going to happen if you don't do it. But yeah, more likely to happen if you do do it. Absolutely. Like, what's the goal? What do you What do you want with this work? Well, you know, do you want it to be seen? Do you want to get it out in the world? Then you just have to put it out there, don't you? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I love what you said there about like working out the worst case scenario. That's it's a stoic practice. Um, Tim Ferriss has a TED talk on that. He calls it fear uh, setting, right. where actually you actually literally write down, okay, if this happens, then this could happen and this could happen. This is all the absolute worst that could happen. Okay, if that happens, how do I cope with it? Exactly. And the final step, which is exactly the process you just went through, then was 
And if I don't do it, what's the consequence? Mm. Mm. And, and, you know, you often find that if you don't do this thing, the consequence is worse than any possible bad consequence of doing the thing. So, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it is, you know, of course it's scary and I recognise that, but, yeah, I think it's, it's, what is that, you know, better to have loved loved and lost? lost. (laughs) Than to never have loved at all. Loved at all. There's a quote. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Better to have tried and failed than never tried at all. Tried at all, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a version. And isn't it? Isn't there? The, your mistakes are more important than your failures. That's another one. Yeah. They're all coming out now. Oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Where can people find you online? Oh, um, my website, which is beckyorpen.com, and on Instagram, which is just beckyorpen. That's my Instagram. I'm on Facebook somewhere. That's kind of, <laughs> I don't know. And we, we, it's funny, we didn't actually uh, describe your artistic style. Do you, do you have a way of describing your artistic style? I say it is graphic, bold, colourful, feminine and optimistic. Love it. Mm. Love it. So mm. everybody go check out Becky's work. And Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you for having me so much. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a rating and or a review and uh, hit me up on Instagram at Grant and Thrive. Let me know what you enjoyed the most and uh, do share it, please, with your people. Uh, the easiest thing to do is take a screenshot and just share this on Instagram stories and remember to tag me at Grant and Thrive so I can say hello. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be back again very soon with another episode of the show. And bye for now.